And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is Pastor Mark Diedrich, and on the Skype line is Dr. Peter Hammond. Peter, it's great to have you join us. Thank you so much. We praise God for your ministry. Well, Peter, uh, we're on your mailing list, and one of the recent emails that you sent out, I think it was September the 15th, fairly recent, was entitled The Islamization of Europe, and it was a study on Belgium in particular. Um, I have a concern, Peter, and, and I think we all do here on the program today. Yes, we want to witness to to Muslims, and you've done so much of that. But we're also concerned about the practical side of terrorism and what they do when they come into an area. So I'm wondering if you can help us on our perspective on how to deal with refugees and Islamization and that sort of thing. Oh, yes. Uh, You know, obviously, we, we want to be compassionate to refugees, but one of the best things we can do to help refugees is to, uh, send missions to them to be able to help the people in their countries. You know, a rescue boat must be in the ocean, but the ocean must not be in a rescue boat. Mm. And uh, we must be involved in everything that we possibly can do to care for the suffering, and we should be more involved in missions. And, of course, if there's Muslims in our area and we can evangelize, that's great. But demographics is destiny, and – Bringing in people who do not share your values, who are not part of your ethno-linguistic people group, is committing national suicide. And the the end result is catastrophic. Uh, as a missionary and as somebody who's a student of history, I've got to point out what is today Egypt was for millenniums a superpower, and Egypt was the greatest country in the world. And today the Copts or the Egyptians are not even 10% the population of Egypt, the Arabs have colonized them and made Islam the official religion. Now, Egypt was a great civilization. They built the pyramids and so on. And uh, then for a thousand years, Christians were the majority from already in the 5th century through till the 15th century. Christians were the majority in Egypt, even after Islam had conquered them. But today, Christians are not even 12% of the total population of, of Egypt. It's, it's, a, it's a catastrophe. And if you look at Egypt, you should see that is what can happen to America. That is what can happen to Europe if you allow Islam to invade and to supersede. Look at Turkey. For a thousand years, Turkey was Byzantine. It was the Eastern Roman Empire. It was the greatest civilization of its time, the greatest empire, the greatest military power, the greatest economic power. Constantinople was the greatest city in the world before the Muslims invaded, sacked and looted and put it to the sword and massacred the population in May 1453, and today Constantinople is called Istanbul, and today the Turks are the largest unreached people group in the world, and Turkey has got one of the lowest numbers of Christians in the world for any country, and at one time, well, for a thousand years, it was a Christian empire without inflation for 800 years. In fact, uh, it's a gold-based currency. So if you look at Turkey, remember the seven churches in the book of Revelation were (laughs) written to churches that don't exist anymore, but were situated in what today is Turkey. So at one time, the country that's today called Turkey was was a Christian civilization, and that ended with the massacres of Smyrna. 300,000 Christians wiped out, the city wiped off the map, put to the sword 
1922. That's not that long ago. I mean, that's in my father's lifetime. Mm. So the, the uh, disasters that we see taking place right now in Europe and America has phenomenal consequence for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and future civilizations. Demographics is destiny. So remember, again, today we're living in an age of multiculturalism when they're trying to tell you that, oh, it doesn't matter and uh, diversity is good. But nobody's suggesting that the Asian countries, that any Asian country be diluted or diversified and become less Asian. Nobody's suggesting that African countries be uh, invaded and imported with others so that they are no longer African. But Europe and North America and Australia and New Zealand are being targeted for what they call diversity and multiculturalism, which, as you can see, isn't quite as nice as it's first made out to be because mm. crime increases, rape increases, murder increases, violent crime increases, taxes increase. What I think very few people understand is I hear some people saying, oh, but we must be generous and kind to the refugees. But one needs to understand that the biblical principles of being kind to foreigners is not in the context of socialism, welfare, and lots of free things being offered to strangers. It's in a context of if a foreigner like Ruth wants to come across the border, and Ruth wasn't even that foreign because the Edomites were still of Abraham. They were, in fact, of, of Esau, and Esau was the brother of Jacob. So they're not even that far away ethnically. But she said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And Ruth was converted. She was she was assimilated. And uh, so Ruth is one person also. She wasn't coming with a few hundred thousand Edomites. And she didn't come to get free anything. She had to work. Gleaning was hard work. Uh, she was destitute and she had to work hard. And so what we've got today is something so unbiblical in our societies. And I'm talking about America and Europe right now. That socialism is totally unbiblical. The founding fathers, the pilgrim fathers who came and settled your country, they didn't get free anything. In fact, before the 1960s, I don't think anybody got a free handout in America. You had to work. Mm. All you got in America was an opportunity to work hard. And if you worked hard and were innovative, you could make a success. But today, with the welfare state, that is a magnet for people who are destitute in other countries. And I think that if you put American foreign policy together with this, that American foreign policy has been to betray your allies, to aid your enemies uh, overseas, and then to allow, after the upheavals of countries that have been bombed and destabilized, refugees to pour in, it's creating a tremendous chaos, actually. And uh, when we look at, at what's going on now in Europe and what's coming to America this is absolutely catastrophic. The, the end result is going to be uh, dire. And uh, just thinking of the cost to the taxpayer in terms of all of the uh, – each one of these refugees is going to cost you millions. And collectively, they're going to cost billions. And that's not even counting the crime wave. We're just thinking of medicine, health, the handouts, the welfare things. The the end result, Europe is already at the moment clamping down, closing borders. They are finding it a collapse. From one side of Europe to another, I've heard the people say to me, everywhere, Scandinavia, Germany, Holland, you name it, Belgium, France, they're saying multiculturalism is a failure and Islam does not assimilate. They don't come here to assimilate. They come here to invade. They come here to take over. Mm. It's, it's actually a catastrophe. So 
uh, I would say that this warning against Islamization of Europe and of America, this demographic nightmare, it's something we all need to understand. And uh, we need to see that what is going on here is nothing less than redrawing the maps. It is uh, changing demographics and destiny. Uh, and this is a goal of the New World Order. The New World Order is actually aiming to hijack civilization. The New World Order has been using wars, economic depressions, recessions, and population control to undermine Western civilization for most of the last century to bring about the global engineering and the globalist agenda. And this is, first of all, through demographic engineering. Demographics meaning population composition. So think about how it's been working, especially from the 60s, aggressive population control tactics, promoting birth control, abortion, sterilizations, massive propaganda of overpopulation. The globalists have dramatically brought down the population of Europeans and Americans. At the beginning of the 20th century, Europeans and Americans were, we meaning the, the white Anglo-Saxon ethnically European population of the world, was 36%. Today, it's less than 9% of the world's population. So remember, the term that's continually used for minority are actually the majority. And you often think of yourselves the majority, but you're not. In terms of the world population, the ethnically white people who are hated by the world's media and by the New World Order, it seems, mainly I think because of our Protestant Christian background and what we've done in terms of opposing tyranny. And so what they've been doing is giving birth control, abortion, sterilization, homosexual propaganda, overpopulation propaganda to the European, North American, Canadian, Australian, New Zealand populations, bring down the population where families that used to have six, seven, eight children been having one, two children, maybe, and some not even getting married, some not even having children anyway. And meanwhile, what are the Muslims doing? The average Muslim woman's having eight children. Mm. And this is just a matter of mathematics and a couple of generations that can change. So we've gone from being 36% of the world's population to being less than 9%. Peter, may I ask you also, um, you know, I regarding the influx of the refugees, I get emails and there's different sentiments but sometimes they match from different sides of the um, worldview spectrum. One is from Move On, which is a very left-wing organization. They're celebrating the influx of these 10,000 refugees from Syria. But I also see some sentiment from the Christian community celebrating because of the potential of, of witnessing to these people. And I wonder if they're being a little bit naive I think that in these 10,000, we're going to find some people maybe similar to the um, Chechen brothers that came over and were involved in the Boston Marathon bombing. Oh, definitely. And remember, the Boston bombers from Chechnya, they were on the terrorist watch list of the FBI. Both the British MI6 and the Russian Federal Security Bureau had warned the FBI, these are terrorists, Chechen terrorists. They were on the FBI's terrorist watch list while being on your welfare at the same time. How does that happen? Oh, yeah. And that's just two of them. Now, according to ISIS, and ISIS is just one of a plethora of Islamic terrorist groups out there, the Middle East is incredibly radicalized. And, of course, U.S. foreign policy of bombing and destabilizing and overthrowing governments all over the Middle East has only fueled that. Because, let's face it, while Saddam Hussein was a dictator, the people were – 
immensely better off under Saddam Hussein's dictatorship than they are under this chaotic shambles of an Islamic democracy they've got right now. Very true. And and Gaddafi was terrible. I hate Gaddafi. But uh, under Gaddafi, Libya was stable and there were no refugees fleeing out of Libya at that stage. Yes. Maybe they didn't have the freedom to. But today it's chaos. And there's no doubt that the U.S. government has destabilized Libya, Iraq, and Syria. Syria, for all of its sins, Assad's government was actually quite stable. It was a military dictatorship, and there was non-stop coup d'etats, revolutions before 1972. But once the Assad family took over in a military coup, Syria's been stable until recently. And now it's admitted that the U.S. military really started the ISIS movement. They called them the Syrian rebels, of course. And Ambassador Stevens, who got killed by these very people he was arming and training, he had helped set up the Syrian rebels, which consists of everyone except Syrians, it seems. It was a who's who of Muslim radicals from around the world to overthrow Assad. And ISIS developed out of what the U.S. government had trained and provided with $500 million with. And this is now admitted even by the Vice President Biden and by your uh, chief of staff. So there's no doubt that America created ISIS. Mm. And it's created a lot of this chaos since your present ad administration has come to power in 2009. We've seen the Obama administration and State Department have destabilized and overthrown American allies like uh, in Egypt uh, to bring the Muslim Brotherhood to power there. And then the uh, chaos in Libya. And we've seen what's gone on in Syria. And basically, all of this has created a flow of population we haven't seen since the Second World War. Mm. Tens of millions of people losing their homes, moving around. And this has been a direct result of U.S. foreign policy. And you can see what's going on. This is part of the demographic engineering to decrease the populations of those countries traditionally Christian, explode the populations of mostly pagan anti-Christian races. And the goal is a dramatic change in demographics and the death of the West. And so ISIS claims they've got 20,000 of their fighters, their Mujahideen, amongst the present group that's gone into Europe, 20,000. Mm -hmm. So forget two Boston bombers. We're talking about 20,000 like that just in Europe, and that's just ISIS. There's other terrorist groups as well, Al-Qaeda and Hamas and Hezbollah. I mean, there's no shortage of Muslim Brotherhood and many others that may have their own there. But amongst them, many people try to tell us, you know, the Muslims aren't all violent. You know, it's, it's probably only about 5 to 10 percent, some say. Okay, but take 5 to 10 percent of 10 million. And you're talking about hundreds of thousands of terrorists. Remember the chaos caused in Germany in the 70s by a dozen Biedermeinhof terrorists. Just a dozen Biedermeinhof caused how much grief? And people are telling us that a few hundred thousand Muslim terrorists being imported into your country is not a problem. Yeah, you know, it really makes me wonder if, if perhaps, uh, at least here in the States, we need to uh, let some assimilation take place with the current immigrants that have come in, encourage them to learn English, encourage them to get off the welfare rolls and to work hard, and just kind of let things settle out first. Well, um, I, I think you're being too kind and too uh, generous and naive there, myself personally, because uh, many of them, how are they going to get assimilated? Your media is overwhelmingly pagan. The Hollywood uh, so-called entertainment is an absolute disaster. It's producing people who basically hate God, hate Christ, hate America, hate Christian values. 
Your education system is even worse mm. than Hollywood. So if you if these immigrants are going to send their children to the state schools and if they're going to pay attention to the Hollywood media and if they're going to watch CNN or any of the other <laughs> uh, New World Order um, mouthpieces, then what are they being assimilated to? They could be turned from something bad into something worse. Well, that's a good point. Because well, a, good point. a radical Muslim is bad. But, you know, it's not like America's right now being dominated by Bible-believing, Christian, conservative, patriotic values. So I would say these people being brought in, some of them are unassimilable, but I'm afraid your media and education systems actually going to make them much, much worse. Look at the amount of domestic terrorists produced. And I'm just thinking now in Britain, the 7-7 bombers in 2005, all of them were born and raised in Britain and products of British schools. In fact, although they were totally Muslim, um, <laughs> the, the British spoke about them being, being British boys. Well, they weren't actually they had only gotten more radical. And one thing that we found in Europe is each generation of immigrants becomes more radical. So your first generation of adults who come in, they might just want to mind their own business, get on with things and get a job. Mm. And the second generation want to live on welfare and uh, do drugs and be involved in a crime gang. And the third generation want to be terrorists and blow everything up. And that's basically been the trend in Europe. They found each generation, the kids don't fit in, they're angry. And also, they never really experienced life back in the hell holes they came from, or their parents came from. And they resent this culture. They hate it. And of course, they can see hypocrisy too. I mean, they say, well, this is meant to be a Christian society, but look at the way the women dress and look at the kind of things going on here. Look at the drugs, look at the pornography, look at the abortion. Ah, you know, these hypocrites, these Christians. And they get more radicalized and they somehow, because they've never lived in a Muslim country, they've got this idyllic idea of what a Muslim country is like. And they can easily be radicalized because they don't know what reality is. They've got nothing to compare it with. So each generation of immigrants gets more radical. And you can see it in your country how uh, – do the children of the immigrants tend to love America and be assimilated values or do they tend to really glamorize the anti-American terrorist forces? And uh, you've had your disasters, Fort Hood and others. You you have people who live in America who who you would have thought are Americans who suddenly get radicalized by Islam and become terrorists and murder the people they're working with. Mm, yeah, good point. For the uh, listener that perhaps this is the first time they've heard you being interviewed, Peter, uh, could you quickly describe your background and, and where you live? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm an African. I'm born uh, in Cape Town, South Africa, raised in Bulawayo, Rhodesia. I'm of European descent. My father fought in all six years of the Second World War in the Royal Artillery, North Africa under uh, Field Marshal Montgomery. And uh, so I've served in the South African Defense Force. I fought the Russians, Cubans, and other communists in Angola and Mozambique. And uh, I've been involved as a missionary for over 33 years running Frontline Fellowship. We are a mission to persecuted churches, to resistant access areas. And so I've been smuggling Bibles, establishing schools, hospitals, clinics, training doctors, teachers, medics, pastors, evangelists throughout Africa. As far as the Congo, Nigeria, Sudan, we've been in many of the conflict areas. So in the last 30 Three years of running Frontline Fellowship. I've ministered in 36 countries in four continents, most across Africa. And uh, our mission is concerned for the suffering, for the persecuted. So we, we've we been bombed. We've been imprisoned. Uh, we've experienced ambushes and artillery and rocket bombardments in Sudan, for example, where our mission base was bombed 10 times by the Sudan Air Force. Mm. We are very concerned for the persecuted. 
I specialize in Muslim evangelism, and our mission is heavily involved in ministering into the Middle East to win Muslims to Christ and to help the persecuted churches. So we're not coming from a heartless perspective. I've had my country that I was brought up in Rhodesia destabilized by the New World Order, thanks to Jimmy Carter, and uh, betrayed into the hands of communists. The country I fought for, Southwest Africa, is today communist uh, dominated Namibia, and my home country of South Africa now was also betrayed by the New World Order. Um, thank you under Bill Clinton's uh, administration. Uh, but I have not moved to America or Europe. I'm determined to stay in Africa. First of all, I'm a Christian. I'm a missionary. I want to make an impact here amidst the chaos and the destabilization caused by your government. And I want to serve Christ where we are most needed. So we haven't fled, and personally, I don't think any real dedicated Christians are wanting to flee their countries. They're wanting to make an impact where they are. They might have to relocate within that country. But uh, I don't intend to bring up my children in a foreign continent. God has planted us here in Africa, and we are convinced this is where we need to minister. But we're deeply concerned, as we've seen our own areas flooded by foreigners who have changed the whole culture of our country. When I was brought up, our homes didn't even have burglar bars, security gates, or locks, actually. We didn't even lock our doors. I didn't need a key when I came back from school or so on. Parents didn't have to be there. We didn't lock. We didn't need to lock because we had a respect for property. But today, we live behind burglar bars, security gates, razor wire, high walls, external gates, layers of security. And we've got to train our children in everything from knife fighting, gun fighting, unarmed combat, because... Our people are being targeted for violence all the time, and we have death threats. I've had multiple death threats. Our mission has to go through bomb drills and uh, all the different things that you have to do if you're ministering amongst Muslims. But we're still here because we are convinced of the need to minister in these difficult areas. And so I'm not speaking from a perspective of somebody who's selfish or just wanting to stay in my comfort zone. We're not in a comfort zone. We're in a very <laughs> dangerous and difficult area. But I, I can't bear to see America and Europe committing demographic, cultural, economic, military suicide. Now, Peter, I'm just uh, so appreciative of of that statement and that that concept that you're, you're not you're not casting stones at this other culture that's invading. You want to minister to them, but you're you're practical on the ground. You see what's happening. I, you know, Mark Diedrich is here. He's a pastor. What's your perspective on all this, Mark? Yeah, when you look at it, you see the changes in society. Even as Peter has mentioned here, you see things coming in. I was in Illinois for 12 years. I come back to the East, and you see even a change in the East because the culture is mm-hmm. different. A lot more Muslims here. Um, mm-hmm. My wife is an OB nurse, and uh, she has uh, come home, and she says, yeah, we, you know, you can see another anchor baby being born, you know, yes. uh, a Muslim baby having to be born here before they quit go back to their other country. Why is that? Why didn't mm-hmm. they have it back there? Why? Well, they're, they're anchor babies. You yeah. see the, the changes in the demographics. And, of course, it's great if you can evangelize. But one of the things you sometimes see is if people are closed and you can't reach them, mm. you know, I mean, it's one thing for them to be here and to be able to become friends with them and, and be able to witness. But if they isolate themselves, mm. yeah, good um, you can't you can't reach in. Now, Peter, uh, we've got about one minute left. What would be your advice to 
people here in the States regarding this issue of refugees, but also regarding seeking the Lord? Well, there's no doubt that we are in a disastrous situation and, and we need to repent of our sins. We need to humble ourselves, seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways. And uh, we need to be continually as bringing our country before the Lord. We need reformation, revival. We need to get serious about the Great Commission. But make no mistake, this is the New World Order agenda. And what's at stake is the Christian civilization that's been built up over centuries of great sacrifices. This is a war against God, first and foremost. And we who serve in the persecuted church can see this clearly. And America is heading to a stage where you may lose all your freedoms and you may be persecuted and you may need help from other countries. And this is, this is a terrible fact that, yes, we want to love our neighbors, but bear in mind the biblical principle, a nation is an ethno-linguistic people group. When the Lord gave the Great Commission, he spoke of making disciples of every nation. The word he used there was ethne. And you cannot have socialism in a country and expect it to be healthy. It's unbiblical and it's wrong. It's institutionalized envy. It's legalized theft. And it's redistribution of wealth according to Marxist ideology. And it's a magnet to draw people from destabilized countries overseas and change the demographics of your country. And this is a disaster. So I'd say the first thing to do is get rid of socialism, actually. And if people want to have freedom to work, that's one thing. But they're coming here for free things. And refugees, never in the history of the world has there been such a free flow of populations across borders. And socialism is is, is actually the the key issue that's destabilizing society. Countries with a lot of socialism are drawing in people from other areas that have been destabilized. So let's get serious about the Great Commission. If you visit our website, frontline.org.za, you will see we've got articles, sermon audio, links with PowerPoints dealing with the Islamization of Europe, with how the New World Order is hijacking civilization. This is important that we understand these issues. We've got resources like slavery, terrorism and Islam, historic roots and contemporary threats, uh, DVDs on these issues, Islam rising. We need to understand Islam. We need to evangelize Muslims and we need to protect our countries from this invasion and work for reformation revival. There's no doubt. I mean, I'd say this is a case of religious freedoms at stake. In fact, Christian civilization is at stake right now. Well, thank you very much. Our guest today has been Dr. Peter Hammond. He's pioneered missionary outreaches into the war zones of Mozambique, Angola, and Sudan. Many experiences. Also in the studio with us today is Pastor Mark Diedrich. Uh, Dr. Hammond, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. And we continue to pray for you. May God bless America with a mighty revival. Oh, amen to that. Amen. And uh, dear listener, if you'd like to listen to this again as a podcast, please visit our website. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 